Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That sounds like a classy Uchi. <laughs> sort of like, oh, hey, oh, don't want to be battering through about five people and then heading it again off the crossbar. Because he wasn't shooting to the waist and the Easter Road, he didn't score. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, then Machino had a, a decent chance as well where he, he could have fired right at Lewis. And you thought, yeah, this is looking really good. And then Aberdeen scored from a penalty with Christoph Berra. Yeah, uh, continuing to look like a... The guy who needs to be taken at the back and shot. Oh. Um, but what a lovely image. <laughs> like a horse. Yeah. <laughs> kind of plays like you imagine a horse. Yeah, 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 yeah. I loved it on BBC Sport. It said Christoph Berra, who by his own admission has not been at his best the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah, I read that. Well, that, that that's that's an understatement of the century. Well, he obviously yeah. still played well at Easter Road because he had just shelled balls to his head. He must be yeah. like, oh, the one thing I'm able to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, thank the Lord. <laughs> Uh, I loved a bit of this so many times in this game as well. Berra, Berra would get the ball and there would be space to move in front and another player would literally come over and take the ball off him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just move into the 10 yards of space in front of you. you, know, like, you only... surely came, you're a professional footballer, you're surely capable of moving 10 yards with the ball. Because it's really that, that is a big issue if that happens because then you don't like you want yeah, to have that, numbers moving that's forward why it has making space. space. So everybody's just like he's not going to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like I, I was playing in a work fives tournament the other week, and by the final game, I was absolutely done. 
and that was happening to me where guys were just coming to me and just, oh, just give me the ball yeah. and we ended up winning so it's clearly a winning tactic <laughs> so if you're either unfit and overweight or Christoph Berra mm. so Hearts actually responded pretty well to, to going behind I still thought there was a better team from that point forward that they weren't maybe quite as up and at them as they were in the early stages but they, they were still the team that looked more likely to score the next goal and they did Steve McLean a, a crap piece of defending by Mikey Devlin McLean gets all the time in the world takes a, a decent touch and slips it past the goalie and then bends it right up the Aberdeen fans in the way end oh yeah I saw that which I forgot as well Steve McLean used to play for Aberdeen did he? yeah he spent half a season on loan remember the game Aberdeen drew four each with Celtic uh, Steve McLean I think scored twice in that game including the equaliser I don't accept I only just Steve McLean played for St Johnston that's yeah. it I just thought the staff was in that he used to be Rangers St Johnston and Sheffield Wednesday so he used to be a decent signing and football manager oh yeah there we go but then so Hearts very much the team in the ascendancy and then I mean if you thought Beras giving away that penalty was bad what the what in the holy Christ the fuck is uh, Loic Damore doing uh, sliding into Hedges but he's going away from goal and it was just yeah and Cosgrove steps up again 2-1 so I've not seen them so where does he go for each penalty Cosgrove went each way yeah um, I think it was the I don't need specifics I was mainly just wondering because well, I know he's going on to take a third I think to the first one he put to the goal he's right mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the next one Pereira pointed to where he went before oh, no. oh, yeah Pereira dived the other way and, uh, oh no yeah Cosgrove went to the other side but Pereira dived the other way oh. <laughs> or something it was yeah. something like that yeah so double he, bluff they didn't work yeah it did work um, so he clearly thought for his last penalty I'll just go high yeah, through yeah. the middle yeah, he's obviously thinking that yeah. Yeah. which we'll come to we'll come to yeah. but after that Hutch kind of Hutch struggled to that point forward I think it was a combination of two things one Devin Kinnis had altered his tactics to put Lewis Ferguson on Machino, like just to follow him around everywhere because Machino that was so Hart started off with a three four three and I really don't like it. I don't think it suits the team, but I think it was suiting them to start with because it was giving Machino the ability to pick up these wee areas, pockets of space, pockets of space around the final third, and he was really kind of keeping things ticking over and allowing Hearts to keep Aberdeen pressed in. But once. Ferguson started following around, Machino completely fell out of the game, Hearts really kind of struggled from that point forward, but I also thought they maybe struggled because they're a team that, you know, they won a game at the weekend, but they're still pretty low in confidence. They they, they rebounded well for going 1-0 down, but I think they'll know themselves. Okay, we now have to score at least two goals. We have to score three goals to beat them tonight, and we've yeah. not, Aberdeen have not, sorry, Hearts have not scored three goals against a top flight opponent since Dundee in October last year. Ooh. Oh, that doesn't count. No, that really doesn't. Yeah. No. In fact, even against any opponent, they've only scored three goals against Inverness. You think the Betfred Cup, they've only scored twice against Cowan Beath and twice against Stenhouse Muir. Parts don't score all. Swashbuckling. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, like, so are you telling me that Derek McInnes worked out how to beat Machino in about 20 minutes? And what Hibs weren't able to do in <laughs> 90. Yes, that's quite correct. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> so, it's. Aberdeen, I think, finished the, the first half the stronger. Second half, I think, overall, it was much of a muchness. Neither side really had too many opportunities. Aberdeen looked to me more threatening on the, the counter than Hearts. I really didn't see another a Hearts goal coming. And then Craig Levine, going back to the old playbook, 
the playbook that says Kevin McKenna written on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to a centre half, put him up front. That was Craig Halkett. <laughs> and in the ninety-second minute, Halkett headed parts back in level terms. Couldn't believe it, to be honest. Yeah. Really didn't see it coming. Does he not do that in one of the cup? Dennis Muir group game. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Because play Halkett's played up front for about ten minutes this season. It's gone three goals. <laughs> A case of emergency, Brick Halkett. Yeah. And then Mulrenny with a Mulrenny cross. Ah, it was a good cross for a change. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. On his right foot as well, I think. He's weaker right foot. Maybe we should cross with that all the time. Okay. And, yeah, extra time, it was just... It's not a lot happened in extra time. Aberdeen was slightly the better team, but there wasn't really many chances. It was both quite teams, unusual, eh? Both teams just looked knackered. Yeah, now they can hit the post, are they not, in, in extra time? I've blanked that from my memory. Okay. Uchi looked shattered for the, pretty much the entirety of extra time, and I've kind of wondered why he was still in the park since. Well, they seemed to get some energy. He only took one penalty before it was fucking awful. <laughs> this off, and he didn't take one of the first three, so I'm wondering if he was one of the takers. Uh, but yeah, then it goes to penalties, and Aberdeen. It's, it's, it's incredible how much a carbon copy Cosgrove and Lamb against penalties are of each other. Yeah, yeah. I think they maybe even hit the same fan behind the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Guy's got two balls. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Pereira saves the third one from Bruce Anderson, who was brought on especially to take a penalty in the nineteenth minute or whatever. No so, pressure on him. Nah, no. always, always funny. Not even warmed up. <laughs> and yeah, Hearts are through to the next round. I think so. A couple of things I wanted to mention. Yeah, I talked about the the three four three. I just don't. It's never. It's barely ever worked when Levine used it. He used it against Hibs in the game that Hearts won at Easter Road. In, well, Ollie uh, Lee yeah, end of December last year but I mean it's, it's not exactly like Hearts were great in that game no they were rubbish two, two bad teams playing yeah. each other and Hearts won because of a very good goal I mean if that game finished a draw I don't think anybody would have had too many complaints and since then it's, it's really ever worked out and again, he plays against Hibs Hearts barely create anything Hearts then go to a 4-2-3-1 Hearts look really good scored two goals and then he starts with a 3 4 3 again against Aberdeen. Now, fair enough, it did start very well, but he didn't really. He, he changed it, but it was quite late on they actually changed it. I think the last 10 minutes, he put Keen on and then eventually threw Halkett up as well. And I just wish he would stop playing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we've got a team set up pretty well to play 4 2 3 1, and I'm not entirely sure we have one for a 3 4 3. And it's a shame, like, I think even though Michael Smith has played well, I think it takes away from his game not being able to play. I think he's in right, at right he's, a, he's a decent, yeah, he's a decent yeah, cover at centre half. Uh, he, he does tend to play well there quite usually. I thought he was actually pretty guff against Aberdeen. He was maybe one of Hearts' worst players. Glenn Whelan played very well, uh, which is which is something to say for it because I thought one of the problems of your playing with four flat four across the middle is that Glenn Whelan can't cover a lot of space because he's very old and can barely move but he was good he, his composure his, his experience really kind of showed out in this game and Damore I thought was a bit he started off alright but he was a bit pish as well but he's just kind of a guy you just get to run around and cover space and I suppose he helps Whelan be able to look good because he does he, he's the legs yeah he's Whelan's the legs the brains yes pretty much so he's not, as long as he doesn't give away any more penalties do you think one of the reasons that he's going with the back three is because that's what Halkett was used to Livy. And he's thinking that might maybe nah, make not. more of is it, is it. Is it more maybe to try and protect Berra? <laughs> Quite, I don't know, he's, he's used to loads of time, but he used to play better on the left of it and better with him badly exposed because yeah, he'd have yeah. to carry the ball more often. And you normally get dragged out wide in that position as well from time to time. Yeah, I just, 
I'm not a fan of it, and I've yet to see Hearts play particularly well. And it's not that you're not a fan of the formation, to be clear. It's just that you're not a fan of it. Yeah, team. I don't think you do. You get a lot of people that seem to be like really anti-set formation, which I always find a really strange yeah. concept. How can you be so pissed off about where people are positioned on the park? Surely it's more about what Who players you've got and, and yeah. how you play in them. Like, um, I understand maybe having a preferred formation that you like, but I don't understand how you can dislike yeah. a formation. I've always found that pretty strange. Aberdeen should probably talk about them. This, it seemed like another game where they I mean they looked like they had hearts exactly where they wanted them and I think just a better Aberdeen team over the last couple of years would have killed that game off how would the Wilson play? is he just rubbish? he's right? just hedges it's, yeah. Aberdeen are hedges and Cosgrove in attack really yeah. and that's about it okay <laughs> well thanks Aberdeen fans well, for listening <laughs> you will talk I mean, about you at least they won't have to complain about uh, the timing of the semi-final. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say bottling it. They've been saved that. They've just so. done their usual bottling it at Tinkastle instead. Yeah. <laughs> Who have Aberdeen got at the weekend? Rangers, haven't they? I guess. Yes. They're going to get their arses fell, aren't they? Uh, I've put loads of Rangers and my players on my fantasy mm-hmm. team, so I hope so. Yeah. I dropped on my Aberdeen player. I did see something like there's been something like five red cards in the last six yeah. Aberdeen games. They're so. always pretty feisty. They're feisty yeah. and sort of historically as well. Um, but so... Hopefully we'll get to see someone try to calm the fans down like Amoruso all those years ago. And everyone just launching coins on them. <laughs> <laughs> right, speaking of Rangers, let's get to that game. Livingston 1, Rangers 0. No, it wasn't. It was Rangers 1, Livingston 0. That's, uh... No, it wasn't. It was Livingston 0, no, Rangers, Rangers 1. <laughs> <laughs> all the scores. Yeah. Um, I was trying to... Can, um, you know Sarkic that was in goals? Was, has he played for Livingston this season or was that his debut? <laughs> <clears throat> Speak while well, I look. All right, no, I, just, I mean, te- I, knew, I, knew te- that, I knew that Stuart was mainly their goalkeeper, but you I could was... technically claim it was actually Livy one Rangers now, given it was a heavy deflection. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but that would still make it an own goal. So it would yeah, still make I it think, an own goal. I think yeah. people want to listen to things better than this. I was just, I was just trying to fill the space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I've um, asked a question that yeah. I really shouldn't have. Uh, um, the Rangers went ahead early from a Camara uh, goal, a very, very yeah. rare. Go. That, is that, how many goals he scored for Rangers? I think that's a, he scored against Dundee. Yeah, yeah, I remember course, that. Yeah. Cheers, he, mate. Sorry, I'm sure he scored another Sarkis goal. appears but. to be Lovins' League Cup goalkeeper. Yeah, right, okay. I was just interested. <laughs> I don't know. I was just interested. When I saw that's ideas above their station. He looked a pretty confident guy, though. He made, quite, he made a few decent saves and he was like very much leading for the back. So I was like, quite impressed without seeing it all in the highlights. But... Um, uh, Kamara's goal loved Arfield's pass in the build up to that I don't know if you saw the highlights but um, when it got switched over to him it's a first time pass and then side to Morelos which opens the game up for them and then he does maybe a cross a shot come cross I'm not really sure and then it bounces back out I think it's from Lamy and I think I would say that he could have done better with the clearance it's a difficult one because the ball's coming out at pace and low, and he, he slices it back out. Then Kamara gets time to take a shot, shot, and then Lamy deflects it into the net. So Nicky Devlin, was oh, no, no, sorry, Nicky Devlin. Sorry, yeah, de- deflects it into the net. So uh, that was disappointing for Livingston. But I think, I think the main part of this game that a lot of people have noticed is Hilander. Uh, he looked clumsy. I think a lot of the ones that maybe could have been thought of as fouls weren't necessarily fouls, but he just looked completely at odds against Dykes. He should have been sent off. Uh, yeah, with, with the one that goes right in behind. In fairness to the referee, I, in normal time, I thought, 
I don't know what that is. I mean, he got a toe tear or something. Because it again, because it's a really just a really badly technique for the tackle. Yeah. It looks like he hits his foot at the ground first before he makes any contact with anyone. Uh, but yeah, it was that, and he just looked like he couldn't deal with the balls over the top. Which Livingston, from watching the highlights, were doing constantly as as they do in fair play to them. Yeah, uh, but Dykes caused them all sorts of bother the whole game. It's a funny one because uh, Joel and I were talking last week after the Celtic and Rangers Europa League games on the Patreon, which you should definitely listen to, patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast. And we were both saying that we kind of thought that we expected Hellander after he was so good against Feyenoord and had been impressive since he came into the team that he was going to go and show that he was Rangers' best defender because you kind of expect that from him because of his pedigree that he's played mm-hmm. at the top flight. He said, ah, he's a Swedish international. And then he puts in a performance like this against Levy. It's just a, it's a bit of a weird one. But I'm sure that if you go back to your scouting reports over the summer, <coughs> which are still available on Patreon as well, I'm pretty sure that you said... .com forward slash podcast. Yes. I'm pretty sure that you said when you did the one with Hellander that... My voice is totally going here. <laughs> is that what I said? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he said that, but you also said um, that he did look as if he would be vulnerable to balls over the top. Yeah, I thought he would be the, yeah. not exactly the quickest. Yeah, so he did call it, which shows that the Patreon is value for money. Um, <laughs> We've got a TV show tonight as well, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Anything else wants self-merchandise? Um, but I think what... Um, I think Gerard talked after the game and said that, you know, it shows, and obviously he would say this, but it shows a slight change in mentality because Livy were, you know, had quite a few chances mm-hmm. to uh, bring it back and there was a lot of pressure on Rangers. For probably the first time this season that Rangers yeah. were properly under the cosh yeah. uh, in, in a game. But it looked actually, like, for the highlights, again, it looked quite end to end. Rangers did create other chances. Ojo had two good chances in the second half. He's a funny one, eh? Uh, he looks, he's just like your your normal winger, really. In and out of the game, got lots of talent, he's quick, he's skillful, he will score goals, but it's why he's here. Because he clearly got all the talent and, they've, and Liverpool have sent him up to make all these mistakes. But he'll still be a valuable player for Rangers. Unfortunately, they're in a position where if he's not doing it, they can give him a bit up the arse because they can bring someone in who can sort of play that role. They don't have to put everything on to Ojo but he had a good strike that the keeper saved well that he managed to, to parry down and hold and then he did do very well from the one where he came from out wide later in the game and the keeper saved it again so he had chances but outside of that Arfield had a decent chance uh, I really liked it it was quite skillful it was near the very end the ball got played in it again it was similar to his pass it showed like a lot of experience uh, he, he saw the ball coming and rather than take a touch and go for it. He just tried to divert it because he saw the goalie try to put his weight on his right, but he just didn't quite have enough pace on it. And the goalie was able to get back and get it. But I just, Arfield's a really, really intelligent player. Um, when, when you watch him, just the way the passes he makes, the style of passes he, he makes, he looks very aware of what's going on around him at all times. Were you surprised that Rangers started as many kind of the first choice players as they did? Yeah, I was I was looking at, to be honest, looking across the whole board of the League Cup, uh, outside of Celtic, who probably were in a position of having a deeper squad for a start and playing sort of the weakest team in the competition at home. Outside of that, I would say pretty much everyone was playing, give or take, a player or two. Yeah, I think the Rangers, you would have Davis in there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So with Kamara, you would take out 
for Davis, and then there's a debate between Goldson and Katic, but we're not talking about their top team. These guys are I interchangeable. Know. Yeah, they'll yeah be I using... don't think Goldson's an interchangeable one. Gerard seems to love him. He's good. Yeah. I don't even know. I think he might even be vice captain of the squad as well. Uh, but, but, him or Jack. but you've still got Tav, Barisic, McGregor, and their Jet Rangers don't bother with a League Cup goalkeeper, but Livingston do. <laughs> um, and then you've got Jack. Jack. I think Rangers have done it. I think they've done it. Yeah. against East Fife, but this one was kind of seen as too. So important. do you think this. Yeah. Yeah, I think it really shows how much Gerard really wants a trophy. Yeah. I don't. Th- I think he really understands that. Even though he, I've, he's I've done said it, this before, I think for Rangers to win the league, they need to win the league cup. Yeah. Do you think that to build momentum yes, to, get, yeah, to get that kind of winning mentality, mentality as well, and to kind of get a monkey off the back because they've not won anything mm-hmm. since yeah. they, you know, were uh, reborn ever, as ever, a, ever. Yeah, since we're reborn <laughs> as a new club. We're back again. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Gerard, you can see with his team selection because. Obviously, his European exploits have been great, and that's obviously the thing that's probably most impressive about his management at Rangers. But he knows as well that stuff like that will get forgotten later on, and he needs to, he'll really want to prove something at Rangers before his now inevitable move that Klopp said that he's going to be the next Liverpool manager. And, and Gerard came out and said, Oh, yeah, but I'm going nowhere yet. Ah, we, we know, mate. Klopp's like the best manager <laughs> in the world. And as a three-year day, he's not saying, come and take my job. He's the, saying, maybe in the future. Won the Champions League last Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's saying that, I'm getting tired, do you want to come and, uh, <laughs> do you want to come and be manager? Um, but, and then I liked, in Livingston, in terms of their chances, uh, Jacob's putting a great ball for Dykes. It was yeah. a brilliant ball. Should've, but He should have done better, but he never managed to get anything on it. Uh, Dykes also had the lob miss from the ball over the... Oh, yeah, sorry, the... that was the one you should have scored. Yeah, yeah. but there was another one where the ball kept putting, and, he, and he, he tried to take sort of an outside of the boot touch to put it in the corner, and he never got anything on it, and that was a great ball uh, from Jacobs. Um, he had his own chance. Yep. He was uh, a bit unlucky. Yeah. He had the post for a narrow angle. For a narrow angle, and Devlin uh, tried to make up for what happened uh, in the earlier bit because he'd done a great run from out wide. And he just put it past the post when he drilled it across. So Livingston will be really, really disappointed. Oh, Suda as well. Suda hit the post. Yeah. Uh, and I've not seen a lot of Suda, but uh, he certainly... With those, with those step-overs, uh, they were really fast. He's obviously got good balance. So maybe there's a player in there that, that Livingston could, could do with that. A sort of live wire in our team. There's a few teams in the league that could do with a live wire in their team. They've got the Kilmarnock and another one. They're, they've got really good structure. They're tough to beat. And they've got decent strikers for holding up the ball. A good player playing off dykes, a live wire, could really get a lot of joy at Livingston. There's three games in a row that Livingston have lost, but there's positives to take from every single one of them. They gave, they made Rangers sweat for it at Ibrox. They then played Aberdeen at uh, the uh, Spaghetti Hut. <laughs> uh, and uh, they were definitely the better team. Should have won that game. Somehow managed to contrive to lose it 2-0. And then again in this one, they really, the very, very least, should have taken Rangers to extra time. But this goes back. You to... don't want the confidence to drop, but at the same time, they have to pick up a win sooner or later because you can only say so many times. I know it's tough opposition, but you need to hope that then just losing becomes a habit. So uh, this weekend's game is uh, pretty big for them, and uh, I am going to. Stretch out this sentence, uh, well, not, not because I, I need to have a, have a look at uh, the Sky Sports app to see who Livingston are playing away to Hamilton. Hamilton. They, they, Hamilton. they, they really oh, need to win, they really need to beat yeah. Hamilton. As, uh, I, was, I was definitely going to say without, without looking it up, yeah, uh, they, they need to win. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this goes back to, I think, something Graham was saying on our podcast that they're playing 
uh, they're playing the Premiership on hard because they decided again last year they didn't have a goal scorer and then they seem to have done it this season where Dykes is obviously a really good player but sorry I'm going to cough there's <coughs> <coughs> been some great audio tonight <laughs> um, it's good to see that I'm already spreading yeah, to you spreading yeah. me yeah but um, the, the fact that they don't have a goal scorer that's really shown up in the last two games in games that they've performed well and they've created a lot of chances and they could have maybe just went out and got someone not that I've got a name on the tip of my tongue or anything but uh, maybe got someone who just could have just popped the ball in the net who didn't don't really need much else on because we've got a guy like Dykes and they could have done it sorry I keep playing my pen um, more, more great audio <laughs> uh, but yeah I think they could have maybe done with just getting just a run of the mill guy who's a poacher and maybe could have scored a goal maybe got Jason Cummings when he was available that would have been fun. I don't think he would have went all nah, <laughs> One day. One day. Ne- right. Next time. Right, when he bombs out of whatever the fuck he, where is he now again? Shrews? Yeah, Shrewsbury. Yeah. Is it Sounds right. And Livingston signed Arsenal as well, so. He's not, he's not a criminal, though. No, he's not a criminal. Well, I mean, he was unlucky. <laughs> he could have got done for smart <laughs> throwing TVs out the window. <laughs> and he could have got done for. Uh, don't say so, it, Tony. Don't say it. Food, food-based assault in a McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, and no, Gary, I'm not going to say exactly what yeah. you think I'm going to say. No, nothing about house parties. <laughs> oh, you've got to that. Right. Moving swiftly on. Yes, very swiftly. Celtic 5, Partick Thistle 0. This is a result that looks run-of-the-mill on the face of it, but like you were saying about Livy, I think there's a lot for Thistle to take from this. Um... I've not seen a proper TV angle of it, but from the, <laughs> yeah, the inevitable, terrible, from the inevitably biased um, angle that I have seen of Thistle's disallowed goal at 2-0, it didn't look offside to me. Um, and it was after that that they just sort of fell apart a bit. Yeah, which is understandable. Um, but it's a classic, you know, if you don't take your chances when you get them. It yeah, 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 any period of, our, of, of history in Scottish yeah. football, really. Um, but from... What I have seen of the game, I think Thistle already looked a lot more uh, disciplined and organised against Celtic than they have in the Championship all season. Almost as if that's what happens when you get an experienced manager that knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't resort to SAS-style uh, tactics. But they still got pumped, though. Yes, they did. And they managed to get pumped with Celtic got to rest... Scott Brown, Bowley, Edward. <laughs> is, it, is it really saying rest when you're talking about Scott Brown? I tell you, yeah. probably, probably never rest. Yeah. I put sitting on the centre of the touchline, so nobody can see that. That was me gyrating, <laughs> shaking, <laughs> shaking. <laughs> shaking. Um, but and they got Bowley was on the bench. Edward Forrest and Forster, if he needs a rest. But, uh, <coughs> they were all be, so that was really good, and they got Bio to get off the score sheet. Yep. Yeah. And um, Rogic, Rogic, which is really good news for them because it's the sort of the guys that they were the guys that they brought in the team that need games, need confidence, need goals. So I think Lennon will be really pleased with those. Scott guys. Sinclair coming in for the cold again. Yeah, well, he yeah. managed to get really looked like he enjoyed that goal. Um, managed to get on the pitch, yeah, but he was on the bench. And if you're on the bench in this game, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. You're done. Just let's start get angling that move for January. Go and play for. Back to Swansea. I, I think he can. I think he can muscle his way back at the team because oh, what's his name? The new signing, L. Uh, L. Yunusi. L. Yunusi mm-hmm. did not impress in this game, and if you're not impressed against Partick Thistle, Celtic fans are already a wee bit concerned that they've signed somebody else who's 
not it always it's, cracked up to be. He was quite hot property when he signed for Southampton. Yes. But, but the fact that he's already been punted out on loan is the, probably the, not Yeah, they're worried that his confidence has been shot by that and Celtic are going to have to kind of coax it back into him where he might struggle to get in the team. But that is, to be fair, left mid is a position that is pretty much open for anybody who wants yeah. it at Celtic. It's the only kind of quote-unquote weak point in their entire team. And, you know, it's not even really that much of a weak point Sinclair, that's, that's where Sinclair can maybe get him back in as well because the other competition he's got for that place is Lewis Morgan who's not very good I think Sinclair could I think the problem with them is when they're normally playing Bowley at left back you probably need a guy who plays left midfield who thinks about backwards because uh, obviously Bowley's def- he, he's certainly coming on to a game and he does have he does have a lot of positive attributes but defensively it does look by his weaknesses which is why he was probably a left winger at his last team uh, well, people have said that. Yeah, I saw him play left back for Rapid. But I think if he um, in games, especially when they're, which is most in Scotland to be fair, when they're really on top, Sinclair loves cutting inside. Yeah. All the, so maybe it would work if you allowed Bowley. Bowley does like to drift inside, though. Uh, everyone's inside. Just ta- <laughs> ends up tackling Sinclair as he shoots. Uh, but yeah, I think there there could be something in that is for the for the two of them that could link up quite well and. and sort of future games Celtic fans were also pretty impressed by the play of I forgot his first name is it Jermaine Fringpong? yeah Fringpong yeah. Jeremy. he looked delighted Jeremy to... <laughs> Jeremy Fringpong ok Jeremy Fringpong uh, like he looked delighted to be there when he, in his little interview after it he looked like he was having a bloody great time <laughs> <laughs> very play him. very fast as the yeah. kind of early reports but they were very impressed and looked at Kerry the off street to see who the Celtic fans thought played well I think pretty much every single shout for the because they always do three man of the match nominations for yeah. every game, and pretty much every single one was in Cham, Bio, and Fringpong. Oh, Nicham's goal! Oh, oh what a absolutely heck. brilliant! See, this is what I was meaning. Like, so I wasn't on, I wasn't on Monday's podcast, but if I was, I would have said that I thought that Joe Pereira was partially at fault for Stevie Mallon's goal. Now, Joel and especially Rob could have disagreed with me. Joel says he doesn't think he would have saved it, but he could have done. He could have made himself look better. Now the difference for me is that if you watch the two goals, so they're both hit from a similar distance. They're both hit from at least thirty yards. I think Malin's is thirty-three yards. Yeah, and, and Cham looked a bit the same. Yeah, and they, they were just hit for, and the Cham's is probably more central, and Malin's yeah. is more mm. towards the right-hand side. Now Malin's does move, and uh, we don't see whether there wasn't really put to see how much Cham's move that I saw, but it was just the power that both of them hit. Cham's won. If you look at them both in real time, Cham's one just seems to go in much quicker. Yeah. Malin's one seems to take a beat longer. And yeah. that extra beat, you're hoping that the goalkeeper gets his feet right, moves his feet enough that he can save the ball. And Pereira really overcommitted to one side and then didn't move his feet quickly enough to get back to the other side. So, but Malin's one probably moved more in the air. Probably due, due to having that longer air time. Uh, it does, and it does a dippage at the end. But, yeah, when I watched it, I really, I was... I watched it a lot of times that Malin go try and work out if it was a goalkeeper there so basically I could take the whole thing away from Malin but anyway <laughs> we, don't, we don't want to get on the hearts no. again uh, and uh, I should say Aberdeen fans the reason why I did want to talk about you so much is because Joel's going to talk about it on the TV show uh, tonight is that the Terrace TV show? yeah it's a view for the Terrace <laughs> is that on, on BBC Scotland channel? yes yeah. at half 10 uh, on, on Friday night on you can also night. find it on the iPlayer if you listened to this too late and you didn't realise Yes. But only for a week after. Yes, only for a week after. So make sure you listen to it in one week. Or just put it on series recording and you can watch it for the rest it's of your really life. Yeah. <laughs> on repeat every Friday night, even when it's finished. <laughs> even uh, when we've all died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Joel's going to watch that. So you better watch it, Aberdeen fans, because he's going to go into detail about how shite you are. 
Talking of shite, Hibs. Yes. Uh, um, away at Kilmarnock, Craig. Um, as uh, our good friend Craig Anderson, fellow top-notch podcaster, was at the game, uh, he said it was a very, very bad-tempered game, um, which was obviously topped off. Nice and on the cake for that was uh, good old Ryan Porteous's tackle in extra time where he really, really took Liam Miller to town. See, uh, <laughs> this has all happened since you wrote a very glowing article of Ryan Porteous. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely it was, a, it was a daft it was a daft thing to do because he didn't really have to. I think Vela was also covering. And Miller wasn't really going anywhere. He was still going to get shown down the line, probably. And it also created the best... So rather than stopping the cross, it actually got... Kamarnik create, created their best chance of the yeah, entire... Yeah, from yeah. Yeah, from that. So it really nearly did, really bad, went really badly for Ryan Porter. I think uh, you can actually see... You listened to the Hibs Talk podcast before, and uh, a couple of them said they didn't think it was a red card. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a big Hibs fan, and I've got my bias things, but... He's got absolutely no eyes on the ball, and he just and he actually kicks him as well. He could have like just nudged him aside yeah. or something, but he definitely does. I guess it's because he doesn't meant, really meant take and hurt him. I can see why they said that though, because he doesn't really follow through. Yeah. I think he goes to follow through, and then he pulls out the last moment, but he's already too committed to pull out the challenge completely, and he does wipe him out, and he is not trying to play the ball whatsoever. And I think films like that should be red card. Yeah, yeah. There's a still picture of it that looks like Miller's falling over a turnstile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but for looking at um, Hibs lined up with a four-two-three-one, I think and Kilmarnock went with a four-three-three. Again, you can look at the two teams and think that they're playing with their with their top teams. Uh, that actually makes me worry a bit about Kilmarnock going into the weekend against Ross County. It's a Ross County team on form, and really the only sort of improvement they can arguably make to their team now is obviously St Clair made his sort of full debut starting. But being able to bring in Liam Miller from the start would maybe or be... Or Dom Thomas. And Dom, yeah. Well, Dom Thomas also came on in this and apparently played very well, as Craig Telford will be delighted to tell you. will tell anyone who listened. <laughs> and he did hit the bar with a cross in one of the... It's always a mark of a good player. I don't know. There's one of those that could... The Kilmarnock commentators seem to think it was a great effort on goal, but I really think they're pushing their luck there. But... Uh, so I think for and like Finlay, Del Fabro, Hamelainen, Power, Dicker, Power, who was probably the best player in the park, by all accounts, I just can't see. I really think they could be tired. And it was like a long game. They lost it as well, which I always think is a big problem after those kind of games. So I don't know. They, the game looked absolutely dreadful in the highlights. There were seven minute highlights, but you got to see every single one Aye, this, of the, the twelve penalties. The first, the first, <laughs> the first half did not just show. The first half had like two highlights. One of them was somebody like hitting the side netting. Stephen like... O'Donnell when he ran, he sort of hit the outside of the post and the side netting. There was so many. It was like a dragged shot by um, Finlay trying to do an overhead kick that went about seven yards wide and was trundling along. And then they showed you a, a back heel from Dodge where Malin hit a dragged shot about seven yards wide, wide as well. So it was looked like there was absolutely nothing in the game and that's a, for Hibs that probably suited them um, to play against a team that was really lacking creativity because um, they really struggled defensively this season I think it was well documented but I uh, think it was a perfect opponent for Hibs because Kelly just don't have an awful lot in attack and we've, we've continued to say this we probably will continue to say this until January if they eventually could sign another forward 
But they, you look at their squad and it's just there's not enough options going forward. Yeah, what are you going to do? Bring in Osman and Sol? Well, they did. Yeah. And obviously he didn't score because he's been rubbish. Yeah, for, <laughs> for years now. Um, so I think uh, Kilmarnock will probably be able to keep their... They'll probably just still loiter about mid-table going yeah, forward. because it's still structured quite well. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they've lost too much defensively, even with the, the squad disliking uh, Alessio's training uh, compared to, to Steve Clark's. I don't think they've actually lost that much defensively. They seem well kind of set up. The players, even though they're not liking it, are, are being professionals and doing what's asked of them. But yeah, I, I could say it all day. They just if Dom Thomas, I'm sorry, if Dom Thomas is, is coming off and is going is to be your impact, like yes, impact man off the bench, I mean that's that's a bit of a problem. And then Bernescu, as I said, I was surprised the Kropovic, the Slovenian goal goalkeeper. Uh, he didn't play at all, and um, I remember Craig Anderson mentioning that he thought he would play in this game. Because why is a Slovenian international goalkeeper turned up to sit on the bench? And this, if, if he's not getting in this game, then he's obviously not even going to get a chance at any point. But uh, Hibs, I think the one thing that looked improved was the fact that Tom James was back uh, playing at, at right back. What he will help, he, he has the ability to carry the ball. He doesn't like to just launch it, which sort of the rest of our defenders seem to be doing. And the goalkeeper, Maxwell, certainly likes just lumping it up the park. And James will allow us to maybe take the ball and build from there because I think with the the Hibs team, the only way it's going to work is through building with all their best players, Alan, Horgan when he's on the game, they want the ball into their feet. Uh, and also when Camberry normally plays, he's not bad in the air, but most big centre-halves, when they get to have the run on him coming from behind, are going to win the ball, as you saw with Berra at the weekend. Dodge, according to the Hibs fans, had a few good touches and looked decent. But still, not much a goal threat. The Hibs Hibstock podcast was saying that his former manager was saying to get the best out of Dodge, you need to give him balls in behind, like mm. Scott Allen type balls. Yeah, well, <coughs> so can, him kind of run off the last defender, but it doesn't seem to be playing like that. Hibs. I really, I, I, I think I've maybe said this before, maybe wrote an article, but I really think that Hibs team, you play three at the back for quite a, a number of reasons. You get to if you play that, you've got eight players through the middle where we're soft as shite. So right away, just through the to the fact of having sort of numbers in there can maybe negate that just by having sheer numbers. It allows one of the defenders to maybe step out and sort of plug that hole that hip gaping hole hips have in the middle. It also allows Allen to play in his best position with two strikers in front of him who can run. Camberry prefers balls. Camberry and Allen have already shown in a previous relationship that they can work well together, and Camberry likes it. And if you're saying that the former manager and also with the scouting thing that you'd done before, you didn't think that Dodge was about winning the ball in there a lot. He didn't no. want the, he wanted so <clears throat> he's actually been better than that than I thought he'd be. Yeah. Um, but I think with Camberry and, and the Mar on honestly, the small cameos that Camberry and Dodge have played together, Hibs have always looked more dangerous. St. Mirren in the first game of the season when they both yeah. were up front, Hibs are much better. Uh, even against Hearts, there I know it was only eight minutes, but and granted, obviously Hibs were going to be implementing pressure at that time. But Dodge was involved in pretty much everything that was good. I think like the best I've, I've seen Hibs play all season was the last half hour against St. Man when, yeah. when Dodge came on and they played the diamond and two up top. Yeah, so I think, I, so I think for the number... And the fact that Morgan's not played well really this season at all, uh, and I know Craig Anderson was commenting on his attitude, but he just said that it didn't look good. I'm not really sure what, but I, Craig Anderson's a very intelligent man, so I always just take his word for it. Uh, Middleton, in this game, they said that they... The fans saying it was Craig Anderson even said that after he was starting to get the better of, um, of Hamelainen or O'Donnell. I can't remember which one he said, but then he took him off, uh, which just says everything you need to know. And uh, 
But I think he's not really been doing that well either, and he's not particularly quick. He doesn't really add much to the team because obviously pace is what Hibs really, really lack. Uh, Boyle being there, so I think that three-five-two just screams everything that Hibs need to do. They've got Stevenson who's got the fitness to do it, and then you've got James who come out and Naismith. I mean, I'd probably go with James at the moment because he has that ability to carry the ball and help us move through the lines. Yeah, he was supposed move. to be quite impressive. Yeah, and like he'll help us build for the back and actually move the line and get players like. Alan Horgan, if you like Malin, in positions that they that they that they want <laughs> to be in. Like. Um, so I really think there's some obvious screaming things that they can do, and he just seems to be refusing to do it. And do you think he'll still be in charge come the semi final? Yeah, I do. I do. I think he's got. Hips. And you look delighted about it. Yeah, but um, the, the players seem to be on um, really with them. I've heard from a few people that I would trust in that that. That he's got the backing of the players and the players love their training and they really enjoy working with them. Um, the only person that said otherwise is our friend at Open Goal who said the complete opposite and they all, that he was, to- it was Marvin Bartley who was saying that all the players yeah. like him, but then I forgot his name. Cy Ferry. Cy Ferry. Cy with the quotations. Um, Cy Ferry, he was. Um, he was saying that, um, that it's a complete opposite and they, and they don't like, they don't like him at all. Um, so, See, not nothing against Simon Ferry. I'm sure he does have contacts, to be honest, but in my head, I would be going more towards Bartley because he played there last season and obviously he'd still be in contact with some players. So, um, who knows? But I really do think he will be there till the till, for, for a little while yet. Uh, he's bought himself a time. George Craig just announced that he's leaving at the end of December. That was just before we came on. I, I read that. Uh, and I don't think Dempster will not want to do it too quickly. It's her guy. He's signed a lot of players. He's on a pretty long contract. The players are on a pretty long contract. I think he'll get till probably mid-November, start of December, and then he'll get sacked or they'll have been an upturn in form and everything will be all right, which is not really going to happen. <laughs> right, uh, speaking of everything going to be all right, Gary, Yay. Dundee, is everything going to be all right? Maybe. It depends on what your definition of all right is. Um, <laughs> mid team of the championship. <laughs> not getting relegated for two seasons yeah, my, in a row. Yeah, mine is just generally not dying. Um, so it's not been a season that Dundee fans thought it might have been. But really, if Dundee fans were realistic in any sense, <coughs> um, they would have realised that this was going to happen. I think one of the biggest issues for us has been... Uh, when you'd done the whole... James McPake, please, would you be our manager? Is that the bit? The- That's one of them. Um, <laughs> Point well, I one. Think, yeah, um, I think the the biggest issue for Dundee this season is actually United being in the same league because it means that Dundee fans are judging everything through that prism. So instead of thinking Dundee have just been relegated, had to gut the squad, the only players that have survived from last season are Jack Hamilton, Cami uh, Kerr. Uh, Paul McGowan and Andy Nell, Josh Meekins as well, um, although he's, believe it or not, he's been injured for a good part of the season, uh, and, <laughs> and Andy Nelson as well. So basically, whoever the manager was was going to have to do a massive rebuild. And if you have a look at our squad, not from a balance point of view, but from who's in it, and compare it to what McIntyre had, it looks a Maybe not a lot better, but it does look better than what McIntyre had. Um, you've got well, you've got plenty of central midfielders. It's like Paul Hartley's back in charge again. <laughs> um, Mark Clock getting signed any day soon. Um, he's got a cracking YouTube video, which I'll happily send to anybody, which is all the highlights of him taking corners that lead to nothing. Um, 
Someone took the time to make that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of the signings that we've made, I'd say the only one this season which hasn't really come off has been Jordan Forster. Uh, apparently, Cove Rangers were after him as well. Um, and part of me wishes that they'd just put a lot more money into that and <laughs> taken them off our hands. Well, I realised he wasn't a midfielder, so he yeah. bailed on it. So, yeah, if you're a Cove Rangers fan, uh, you should tune in to A View from the Terrace tonight, BBC Scotland Channel, 10.30pm, because there's quite a good feature on Cove. Is Craig Telfer yet again welcoming the fact that one of his clients has got that job? Uh, no, it's, actually, it's an actual feature, it's not um, us in the studio. Oh, excellent. Um, so, oh, they're the best bits. Yeah. So of, <laughs> so of all the signings we've made, I'd say Jordan Forrest is probably the only one that hasn't come off. Um, signings, we've not really seen enough of them. Josh Todd was signed on a pre-contract by Jim McIntyre for the five days or so that we thought we might stay up. Um, he's not really been played as much, probably because well, he wasn't signed by McPake. Um, and Josh McPake, who is on loan from Rangers as a winger, hasn't played that much, although he's starting tonight against Queen of the South as is Graham Dorans, who have just signed. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know where to go from here. Um, Does that excite of, you, the Dorans signing? Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, I mentioned the squad imbalance. If you have a look through our squad, one of the big issues that Dundee fans have is that we are we have what I suppose you could call a lot of quality further up the pitch, mm-hmm. but we don't actually have enough positions up the pitch to play to everybody. Play all, yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got, obviously, everyone knows, we've got Kane Hemmings, Andy Nelson and Danny Johnson up top. But lately, we've only been playing with one striker. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I was really uh, confused. I was, yeah. When I was doing a bit of research for, uh, before I came on, yeah. I was really confused about that when I was you're, looking through it. You're not the only one. Um, but this also links into the fact that McPake hasn't yet worked out what his best 11 is and what formation's best. So uh, I had a quick look at the formations we've played this season. So we played 4-2-3-1 against Wraith Rovers. Uh, Diamond 4-4-2 against Cove Back to 4-2-3-1 against Peterhead Then we went 3-5-2 against Cali 3-5-2 against Dunfermline Which was the absolutely nightmarish game Where we went 2-0 behind mm. um, Got into it because of a dodgy penalty uh, And then he switched 4-5-1 at half time I could go through this two further penalties. Two dodgy penalties, thank you Keep going. Um, Diamond 4-4-2 against Air United um, We only scored after switching to normal 4-4-2 4-5-1 against Aberdeen Probably the best we've played all season Despite going out um, four four two against Cali in the league. Four four two against United. That went terribly. Um, and then we've played four two three one since then uh, against Elgin, Alloa, and Morton. Um, so several issues to pick up on there. Um, as I mentioned, we've got lots of options in the middle. So we've got Jamie Ness, who has been out injured for a few weeks now. So we've signed um, famously uh, fit Graham Dorans. Uh, to come in uh, to replace him. Um, we've got Sean Byrne from Livy. Mm-hmm. That was seen as a bit of a coup when we signed him. I was surprised. He's been quite underwhelming so far this season, um, but you could argue that's as much to do with who's around him. Uh, Paul McGowan as well, um, who is definitely in the twilight of his career now. Um, Graham Dorans, I've mentioned, and the one bright spot so far of the season, which is Finlay Robertson, who is one of the performance school graduates, uh, 16-year-old in the middle uh, He's played a few different positions because I read that he was playing deep line playmaker in the. Oh, uh, he, 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 he dropped him deep in one of the games. So he's been getting shifted around. He has. Uh, I think that was a ploy to try and work out how to cover Jordan Forster, really. Um, With a 16 year old. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. I mean, this is the, the thing that Dundee fans are driving themselves slightly mad about is that 
the few games that Robson hasn't played have looked absolutely clueless. Mm. And it seems bizarre that we're relying on a 16-year-old with, at most, seven or eight starts. Uh, it's for the to it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, you want you want him to just be able to go yeah. out and enjoy his, in football and like take like do things that he wants to do, not to be. We need you to be the glue that holds this whole fucking thing yeah. together. Because <laughs> I mean, realistically speaking, I can't. I've got school in the morning. Yeah. We, I mean, the only thing is that we really should have put out the same team against United. We put out against Aberdeen. Uh, Robertson was dropped for that game, and there was just no control in the middle whatsoever. And United totally overran us. Um, and I think that what that shows is that this season is naturally a massive learning curve for McPake. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not been able to settle on a formation yet. He's still chopping and changing uh, at half time usually. So usually whatever team he puts out, usually, again, with the exception of the Derby game, I've looked at him going, I can see why he's doing that, mm-hmm. but I'm an idiot. Yeah. And it clearly shows that he's not really... So I <laughs> just agree there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I, can why, I can see why you're saying that. Um, and what's happened more often than most is that either at halftime or within the first hour, he's changed the formation. Yeah. So he takes off, say, Declan McDade and puts on Nelson and switches to having two up top. That, 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 that can You can look at that as two ways because to give him... That shows that he understands when things aren't going well. So there's a positive in yeah. that and the negative being that he's never getting it right. Yeah. So and as a new manager, I suppose you do accept that. Like these were, it was a big fun move for Dundee to go and get James McPeak in. It was clearly because um, not Danny Lennon, Jim Goodwin. Um, the all the talk was that we'd approach Jim Goodwin, yeah. um, but he was waiting for the St Mirren gig, which he eventually got. Because uh, there was like two or three weeks between us, eventually booting McIntyre and bringing in McPeak. Mm. Um, he's a project that I cannot see uh, Nelms and Keys. Uh, shift to them until the end of the season because they did say at the outset it's going to be a project I think Dundee fans would be say if it was Ross County rather than United that were in the league looking like they were going to squish it Dundee fans wouldn't care as much but there's just always that local rival petty psychology Is there anything more to add before we finish? Um, we can't defend set pieces to save our lives um, <laughs> I just wanted to mention that if you have a look through <laughs> Uh, genuinely, it's awful. You would think that having Jordan Forrester at the back would mean, like Berra, he would just clear everything. Yeah, aggressive. He, yeah, yeah. He, he can't do it. Um, so he's got to find a formation that works. You'd imagine that Doran's um, is going to be centrepiece of that. Him and Hemmings need to get match fit and back up to speed. Um, the Dundee board are back in McPake massively in terms of signings. Um, so just really, to be clear, so they need to learn how to defend set pieces, yeah. learn how to attack set pieces, pick a formation and pick 11 players to play that. Just a few things to sort out before the end of the season. I'd say that realistic <laughs> hopes now, uh, it's only six or seven games into the season. Most Dundee fans accept it's going to be a long shite season. Yeah, um, you can escape it. The, play- the key for Dundee is for it to, if you can make the playoffs, yeah. come into the playoffs high. Like the, yeah. when you got everything sorted and you have like a strong end to the season, yeah. then you never know. Yeah. And they might be able to do this. Or even, and even not just it builds up that faith in the, the manager and the team going into next season if you're going to go at it again. Yeah, I'd see Air United maybe falling away a little bit. I think Cali will probably be the biggest uh, rivals to United just in terms of that grinding out results. Uh, so I could see those two being the top two as long as Dundee finish third or fourth and aren't the relegation battle. Um, I'll take it. Could be eighth tonight though if you lose to Queen of the South. We are eighth. going We are going to thump Queen of the South 4-0 and I'm willing to put that on record and eat my words later. Right, thank you very much for listening. Make sure to check out the patreon.com forward slash test podcast. We've already mentioned, we mentioned the telly show, Twitter, Facebook, you know the rest. Tony, say goodbye. Bye. Gary. Cheerio. Good night. Listening in the morning.
Sports Social Podcast Network.